Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I am always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests, and i got to tell you, today's show is a definite winner. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that on so many levels, and I'm excited to pick his brain for your benefit today. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, mastermind group, or through Powerful Words Character Development, All-Star Cheer Sites, or Dance Sites Done Right, you know how much I focus on the importance of the right mindset, right? Well, this show is going to help us to do just that. So, today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable info about what I consider to be a super, super important topic to help you succeed, as well as a fun way to deliver it. So, when you strap yourself in, today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun, because as you know... We only get one ride on this merry-go-round. We want to make sure it's a hell of a ride. All right, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put down Twitter, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, whatever may be possibly interrupting your focus. I don't want you to have one teeny tiny distraction during today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second. So, before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our guest today. Danny Griffin recently added TV to his resume as the co-host of A&E's 60 Seconds to Sell, which featured his unique approach to selling residential homes. Danny is also the founder of TheRealtyClassroom.com, a company specializing in the coaching and training of real estate agents and the Griffin Realty Group, a residential real estate brokerage serving home buyers and sellers in Massachusetts. Actually, a uh, little known fact, I was actually one of those sellers. Danny sold my house in, uh, in Massachusetts in, what was it, three days or four days? It was ridiculous. Never seen anything like it. Uh, Danny's goal is to help people overcome their obstacles to get more of what they want out of life. He learned as the ultimate business apprentice with stops in the investment banking, venture capital, and family retail wine businesses before starting his real estate career. Danny was an experienced investor and commercial developer before becoming a licensed real estate agent in 1999 for Realty Executives, where he became the number seven agent worldwide and then went on to found Danny Griffin Real Estate, now known as the Griffin Realty Group. Danny was mentored personally by Craig Proctor, the two-time number one REMAX agent worldwide, and spent seven years as the head coach of Proctor's Mastery Coaching Program before starting his own coaching program. Danny's the creator of a specially coded time management system for real estate agents that, along with a simple mindset system, serves as the foundation for success in the ever-changing world of business. Danny practices before he preaches every day as an active real estate broker working directly with property buyers and sellers. Most importantly, he's grateful that his wife and five children still tolerate him. Danny, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Thanks, buddy. I, I liked your intro. Knowing uh, that you have multi-degrees on your black belt, I was focused. I shut everything off. <laughs> 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 I 
I like the intro. I was intimidated. I was ready. I'm like, I'm paying attention. <laughs> you know, sometimes people need a, uh, a quick foot where the sun don't shine to make That's sure it. that they are focused. Well, you know how to throw that foot, so people should beware. <laughs> <laughs> Most certainly. So, so, Danny, you know, listen, before we get started, for those who haven't yet had the opportunity and sincere pleasure of meeting you or hearing you speak or taking part in any of your coaching programs, do me a favor. Share your story with our listeners, would you? What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Danny Griffin? Yeah, you know, um, I, I thought about that when you were talking through that. And to cut to the chase, uh, I'm a corporate refugee. I'm an escapee uh, who was driven by passion back in the day where I started in the finance business in Boston uh, with hopes of going back to Harvard Business School. I was taking all of these jobs that at the time I had no idea it was literally pounding a square entrepreneur into a round hole. And, uh, boy, man, I just had a meltdown. I felt like I was in jail looking out the window, even though they were the right jobs, it was the right path, and it was really sort of pre-ease of Internet access days. You know, I have to date this all the way back to about 1990, 91. Uh, so you couldn't just open up your laptop or your smartphone and say, where are all these entrepreneurs and what are they doing? Um, instead, at a venture capital company, I was talking to them, and oh man, freedom, I could hear it. And it wasn't the freedom to go do what you wanted, it was the freedom to take your ideas and then bring them to the public. And you know, man, I just walked out the door one day, I didn't really know the direction, everybody said, oh, is he having a nervous breakdown? No, I was just trying to find my wings, and uh, that's really the crux of that background that you just gave, and you know, uh, through some bumps and bruises in small business, including small family retail, wine business that didn't quite work out, I ended up in real estate in 1999 after having done a bunch of flips and been an investor. You know, I'm one of those guys that bought carton sheets off uh, the television one late night in the early 90s and started flipping houses. But I'll tell you what I was most passionate about, and that was what brings me with you here today, and that's helping people. And I found that real estate was a really cool way to do that. It wasn't business to business, which can get a little bit too mundane for me as an entrepreneur. It was really helping people with the single largest financial and emotional transaction that they'll ever make in a lifetime. So in 1999, I got licensed, and you've already read the resume, uh, and that's what brings us together. You and I, uh, yes, client relationship. We went through that when you and your lovely wife, Robin, were making your big move into superstardom uh, more closely to uh, knit to New York and where things have gone wonderfully for you. So there's my point, man. I just know that I had a very small role in that wonderful journey of yours, and that's where I get the satisfaction. The passion... To share how I do that is now uh, really my life's work. Trying to make it easier, not just for the home buyers and sellers, but for the real estate agents out there who are trying to make a better life as an entrepreneur in this business. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, you know what? Let's dive in because there's there's a bunch of stuff that I'd like to uh, extract from your cranium today. Sure. So um, first off, you know, and, and some of this is, you know, you started to touch on it, but I, I'd love a, a, a more complete answer. So... How do you feel like the Internet has changed the way people buy and sell residential properties today? Oh, my gosh. I, I'm so passionate about that. That's the center of the bullseye, so you got me with goosebumps right off the bat. In 1996, there was the beginning of a seismic shift that I don't think anybody really understood at the time. And that is Realtor.com came into existence, and they took what was for hundreds of years proprietary data, meaning 
brokers, agents owned the data. In other words, when you listed with me, technically, I owned that listing. I would put it into a multiple listing service, which is the real estate's equivalent of the stock market, like an exchange, where brokers could exchange that product and bring buyers and sellers together. And we, as a business, controlled it all. Well, when you take what is so important to that model and you suddenly give it away to the consumer, in other words, access went from, hey, you have to come down to my office to see the inventory in a book. I've been around that long, buddy, where it was printed out in a book, right? <laughs> and you know, I know, Fred Flintstone chiseling it out on a stone next to me, right? But that's the way you delivered the information. So you had all of the control. Now... Once the consumer was given that information over the internet, slowly but surely, now it's been a long time, it didn't happen overnight. I mean, slowly but surely, people started to look for homes. It wasn't always easy, even though Realtor.com was doing it. But today, you and I both know, you pick up a, a smartphone, Droid, iPhone 6 Plus, and you can basically run your life off of there. So if you're looking for a house, you're most likely looking on a laptop, a desktop, and more importantly now, a mobile device. And the perception is that the home buyer and home seller does not need to speak to you anytime soon. That is a seismic shift that for anybody who doesn't pay attention to what that means for the business model in real estate agent sales and many other businesses, they will slowly but surely become extinct as more and more businesses adapt to that change. Wow. Well, as a follow-up, because I think this is going to be um, this is going to be important to everybody in everybody's industry. You know, do you feel like now the, the modern-day real estate agent is becoming obsolete? Well, isn't it a great question? I get that a lot. Absolutely not. It's just the process has changed because see what people just because that part of the process has changed, does it make the transaction? any less complicated. If you saw the mechanism that I have retooled as far as all of the details that occur inside of a real estate transaction being memorialized into strategic plans, not the least of which is the software that I'm sure you're wildly familiar with and I'm sure you use, Infusionsoft, um, there's the proliferation of these softwares and these technologies whereby you can take this extremely detailed process of buying and selling a home memorialize it and add tremendous value to people. Just because you can get access to the information doesn't make the transaction any easier. All sorts of things can go haywire, right? I mean, there's a lot of movement to try to get the value to be correct instantaneously. Zillow's proliferated based around one little algorithm that does that, but yet it's a lot different when you're in the home, in the neighborhood, making the negotiation happen. There are so many reasons why you need some great guidance through this process um, that, that there is in no time soon do I see that going away. Just because you can get access doesn't mean it makes it easier. Well, I would, I would, I would even argue that not only is it a good idea, but it's, it's a very dangerous idea to go without the expertise. Um, I know that um, you came to our home and it was funny because you and I had, had this conversation. I said, Danny, I got to sell the house. I got to move. Um, and you're like, yeah, we'll sell this in a couple of days. And I'm thinking, he's smoking crack. He just is. <laughs> he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He came in, clean this, paint that, change that, move that, get rid of that. 
which we did in two days, and listed the house, and three days later it was sold. I guarantee I could have tried to do it myself. Sure. I mean, I could probably figure out how to do my own dentistry, but you know, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, I was just going to say that. I was going to use the same analogy. I was going to say just because the access to information about how the body works doesn't make you a surgeon, does it? Correct. So so what I would say is that, and again, let's qualify what you just said. First of all, let me tell you what I think is most important when you go to sell your house, is your motivation. I mean, one of the things I'll ask people now in a very systematized way before I ever go over there and spend my time is, look, before we come over, on a scale of 1 to 10, how motivated are you to sell the property? Well, I'm a 10. You guys were probably an 11 because you had a very clear business vision. It required a very specific geography uh, move. So the motivation was totally there. I'd say you were an 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. So that makes it a lot easier to cut to the chase with my expertise because you're ready to hear me. Look, guys, in order to sell this quickly so that you can move on, I'm a pricing it right expert. And when I walk through the door, I'm going to have not just comparables, but I'm going to have analyzed those. I'm going to put them through my own analytical uh, look through. And then I'm going to make an adjustment based on your condition. Now, you want a little bit more money. You want to sell it a little bit more quickly. Here's the low cost stuff that you can do to make this a no-brainer. So you and Robin were excellent partners in that process because of the level of your motivation and because you were cooperative in preparing it for sale. And so priced right, prepared for sale, motivated sellers, that's why it happened so quickly. And that does not mean that that's a universal situation, which is why real estate becomes such a difficult thing because oftentimes a property is listed for a seller that is truly not motivated. Yeah, if you can get me this price. Well, that screws up the marketplace. When you really look at the way something trades when it's finally priced right, there's really not much given up as a percentage basis in negotiation. See, that's where people are delusional. Well, I think it's worth 300000 so I'll put it on for three thirty. Well, you're 10% above where it's really worth. And if you really knew the mathematics, you'd know that you have to be within 3% to even get a showing. So it sounded like you could cheat that high, but you just took yourself out of the market. Look to the stock market, Jason, as an example. Just because I have a share of Google, can I run down to Wall Street and, and say, I want even $10 more than the market's bearing? I get laughed off the corner because inside the mechanism of the market, it's trading within maybe even nickels and dimes. So again, it's that efficiency of the market is stronger than people think, but it's very difficult to compare a house to a house. So that's where the expertise is really needed. Got it. Got it. Got it. Is there a uh, is there a better strategic plan for running a real estate agent business right now than than what has been occurring? Oh, there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, at the RealtyClassroom.com, it's founded on the passion for that very thing that you just said. In all of the thousands of hours I've done the job and coached the job and been coached in the job, what I've come to realize for your business and mine, there are certain universal principles that, I, I like the word immutable, that don't go away. Right? Um, if you look at a Henry Ford assembly line, it, it's not the automobile. It's the way the automobile is put together that has universal stages that it goes through where, where leverage can be applied to it. So in our business, there is an assembly line. 
I would tell you, and, and you read the little coded piece of it. First of all, it's a business, so it acts like one. Just because you're an entrepreneur and you have a vision for one, you still have to know how technically it works to put together the service that leads to a sale. So you move from that marketing to that database segmentation, to the phone and email follow-up, to the presentation to get the service, to the sale in the field, to the closing department, rinse and repeat over and over. That's the technical work. However, where this industry falls down, as do most small businesses, in my not-so-humble opinion, having read uh, many times over Michael Gerber's e-myth, most entrepreneurs are driven by a vision, as he says. They have that entrepreneurial seizure like I did. I now understand why I walked out the front door of a great job uh, about 24 months away from going to business school. Okay, And that was because I had that seizure. I had to do it my way. But you see, my problem is, in his model, I violate his model. I blow right through the management level, and I go to do the technical work. Now, I described the flow of the technical work, which I could dive into for years. But what's missing is that management layer. Because most entrepreneurs are good technicians also. They were passionate visionaries who went about the work and did it all on muscle. No plan. So the plans that I've really focused on in my coaching program and founded on this is first a strategic marketing plan, flowing into a strategic follow-up plan, and being measured through a strategic measurement plan. And, and really, if you think about Gerber's three people that we all must become as, a, uh, as an entrepreneur, per se, is the entrepreneur, the visionary, the manager, and the technician. And nobody comes out of the womb perfectly wired to be all three. So you have to figure out what you are and adapt it and become that. And, uh, you know, that's what I've done for myself. I've really pushed myself to be a far better manager and planner. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Everybody thinks it's sitting down for hours and writing this detailed linear business plan. I use um, very simple mind mapping software for marketing called xmind.net. I take all of my follow-up mind maps and I build them in Infusionsoft. And I also use Infusionsoft to measure the flow of all that stuff. So uh, it's that management level. That's what's missing. Makes sense. I, I'm dying to know. How, how did you wind up getting your business featured on AA? That's a great question. You know, uh, you're going to get to something near and dear to my heart about how we get anything we want. Um, when I had that crisis, I rebuilt my mindset from the floor up. And, you know, that leads to, to reading the classics like Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. Not necessarily Think and Grow Rich, but the real inventory he took. And if you delve off of that a little bit, you'll find many others. But I was blessed enough to stumble into one um, uh, called uh, the New Psycho-Cybernetics, which is a fancy way of saying the New Mind Systems. Um, it was originally written by a plastic surgeon out of New York City who was a contemporary around Napoleon Hill's time, uh, or a, a contemporary of, of Hill. And he came to realize that he could fix somebody, fix their nose, their ear, and he had the same result on two people. One person would get up off of their surgery and after the healing and look in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, I am a new person. And the next person would look and say, oh my gosh, I look even worse. And, and that intrigued him enough to really delve into this as a study. So he wrote this book, you know, uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. It was used by the Green Bay Packers and many people. And I think the crux of it is centered around the term he proliferated, which is um, self-image. And... He really talks a lot about that, but more importantly, he talks about how that self-image becomes a guided missile. 
And like a guided missile, if you're not specific with where you're going to land, that thing could be the most powerful thing in the world and spin in circles and end up in the middle of the ocean nowhere. So what I found was that um, I was the president of my high school drama club. So this goes way back, buddy, to Belmont Hill School, 1984, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm the president of this thing, and there's that little creative bent in me back then, and of course I didn't listen to it, um, and I stuffed it in a box, but I never stopped thinking about it, ever. I never stopped thinking about the medium of TV um, and uh, that acting piece. And so, you know, as you keep that trajectory, that landing spot in your head, you're not sure how you're going to do it, but you think about it all along the way. And what happens is really weird. The resources tend to present themselves, obviously, too. And I had a friend who had gone to school with my sister at Boston College, and she worked in television, and I must have pestered her. I don't know, off and on for about six years. When are we going to do a real estate show? I've got a lot of good things to teach people about real estate. And I need a bigger medium and I want them to see this. And eventually one day um, she called me up. She said, you know, we don't have um, uh, an opportunity for you to do a TV show yet, but we can get you on film because we're doing another TV show and we're renovating a house. I know you just bought a house, needs a new kitchen. Can we come down and take a look at it? So they did. And once they came that close, buddy, I set bear traps all over my house. And as soon as the producer came within earshot between takes, I wrapped her in a headlock and I said, boom, this I did, this I did, this I did. And I mentioned something to her that I had started to use during the recession to try to find the right price. I could do it top down easily before the recession, but I figured that. With all the foreclosures people were getting used to, bidding something from the bottom up. Now, round-robin bidding is nothing new. If you Google it, you'll find out that's the way they sold off the Roman Empire. So I told her, you know, I've been using this new technique whereby I take the price. If nothing happens in two, three weeks with the top-down pricing, we cut it in half. We take price off the table. We make a non-binding situation, hold everybody off till the weekend. Everybody comes in, previews the house. If they like it, they put their name down in an open format. They put their telephone number. We start the bidding, and we go round-robin in the house, continue it on the phone. And where we stop, if it's good enough for the seller, they take it. If not, they counter, and that's what we started to do. She goes, ooh, that's your TV show. So that was enough sizzle, but ultimately... The show really centered around what I helped you and Robin do, which was walk in, here's your homework, do it, price it right, um, and we didn't need the round robin. But for the TV show, that's what we did. And there you have it. A&E said we love it. We filmed a pilot program. We did a six-episode deal beyond that. Um, it did well. They, they buried us this summer at noon in the middle of summer, so I think most people are at the beach, but we still pulled an average of about 260,000 people. Unfortunately for us, they were getting out of the lifestyle business, so uh, the show is being repackaged and shopped to a couple other networks that I can't talk about right now, but uh, um, there you go. There you have it. So I never stopped thinking about it since 1984. This is 2014. Wow. Well, and this actually leads into my next question because I'm, I'm, I'm a big, big, big believer um, in what we're about to talk about. So sure. how does anybody really systemize? And, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting you brought up Gerber since uh, I spent, what, four and a half years um, matriculating through his mastery program. Mm -hmm. um, and it was funny because everything about what we did, not only what I learned, but also how I learned it, is applicable um, today. Yes. So, um, you know, when you use the word systemize, you know, I, I definitely, you got my ears going. So, has anybody really systemized 
the law of attraction to get more of what they want. Because I guarantee you, everybody on this listening to this podcast yes. has something they want. I mean, this is this is if you go beyond the real estate and you get to the center of my heartbeat. Um, uh, there's another blog that started called uh, as FreeThinkingTools.com. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing, you know, blogging in 2008, but I just needed to throw this stuff up there. I'm in the middle of revamping my entire online presence, and I've changed the name to Magnetic Mind System because I will come forward as time goes on taking my thoughts about how to but today I'm going to give you what I think how to do this because I love the concept of the law of attraction I just felt like when I saw that whole thing it watered down something really uber powerful because when you're talking about oh I thought I wanted a parking space and I kept thinking about it and there it was okay I get it makes for a good CD but there's something missing there and that is the mind acts just like a guided missile. It is so powerful. But people are afraid to program it where to go. And, and they underestimate its power to accumulate resources and, and um, uh, assemble those resources in the right order. Because ultimately, there is a way to get anything. I mean, obviously, within reason. Let's, let's keep this reasonable. And I don't mean reasonable, oh, you can't become a TV star if you want to. Ta-da, right? <laughs> you, you, you know, I mean, you're not going to beat Hussein Bolt in a 100-meter sprint um, if, you know, your body is not that tight. So I think there's a reasonable approach to this. But as long as you understand the guided missile principle, you can program your mind. Um, you have to start daring to dream that you can land on that spot. And you just have to be very clear about what that spot looks like. If you think about today's guided missiles, they can send them through a small window from a gajillion miles away. Okay, Your mind is even better than that. It can even get more accurate. So um, Maxwell Maltz called it a servo mechanism. And he, and he makes it like a machine. If you program it to fail, it will. So in other words, if you say, I'm a loser, I'm going to have this bottle of booze, I'm going to do these drugs, um, you're going to fulfill that because that's the target you set. It's what you're telling it to do, so it will deliver it. Whereas if you say, I want to be on TV to express my thoughts to the world, um, and I'm just using my own example, what was strange was that over time, the resources were right in front of me. So it's that reiteration and clarity in spite of the setbacks, because here's the trick. There is no such thing as failure on your way there. See, if you think about what a guided missile does, it goes up into the air and it's moving towards that trajectory, but it's hardly a straight line. Why? The wind blows, the moisture goes up and down, whatever variable can bear uh, pressure upon that missile's flight, it will, and it will do it regularly. But see, the missile is too stupid to quit. It doesn't quit. It just makes an adjustment to get back on course. See, the problem is our mind is as good as that missile, if not far better. The problem is our emotions allow us to quit. That's what happens. We get bungled up by all the emotion that the guided missile doesn't have. And there's the simple difference. One, we have a better guided missile system. But two, we're too smart, too emotional, whatever the case may be. So really, to fight through that emotional setback, 
I think you have to continuously clarify it and understand and welcome the setback. Because the sooner you know the setback, the quicker the mechanism can readjust itself and go around that hurdle, through that hurdle, over that hurdle, whatever it might be. So that's my simplest discussion for, for how to systemize the law of attraction. And really, you know, what's cool about it too, the mind is so complex, it has multiple missiles in front of it. And let me give me, uh, I'll give you an example of my own life. I want to be a successful father and husband. Okay, I have five kids. It takes an enormous amount of adjustment to be tolerant of the journey your children go on, right? Enormous amounts, okay? But you continue to adjust and overcome because it's never what you expect. It's never perfectly what you want. In the same breath, I have to feel fulfilled uh, in my businesses to be happy too. And I have two of them. They, yes, they collide in the world of real estate, but they're very different. They behave very differently. One is pure intellectual capital. And the agent that comes to you for the coaching program, boy, they have so many pressures to bear on them, whereas the buyers and sellers and the agents in the hardcore sell the real estate business. There's different variations there. But in all three worlds, I'm very, very clear that I don't need much else in my life to clear that's all I need. So what I found was that anything that filled space in between those was most likely a distraction, would most likely uh, kill my discipline to stay focused, so I slowly but surely cut out a lot of the rest of my life that existed because I prioritized and it became very clear what three guided missiles I needed to focus on. That's brilliant. I love that analogy on so many levels. At this point, it is time for our resource of the week. So, Danny, tell me this. How, um, how can my listeners find out more about you, what programs you're doing, and really how you help so many entrepreneurs to succeed today? Sure. Um, I, I, I'm uh, trying to find my place in all three of those places. I would tell you that um, the real estate piece of it, everything under construction, but the, uh, the realtyclassroom.com, therealtyclassroom.com, and you will see that evolve over the next week into something that is resource-rich for anybody across this country, the next country, Australia, wherever they may be, where real estate uh, uh, agents behave similarly, that's the best resource. Um, keep an eye on magneticmindsystem.com. That's the passion. It's the blog that's sitting there um, waiting for its next evolution, but there's some good content that was developed over many years sitting there. Um, GriffinRealtyGroup.net also just beginning to get life there as a new site there. Those are the three worlds that I live in, and I would say go directly to those places to find me. You want to just find me generally, probably the best place to... Oop, you just got muted. There you go. So you were just saying um, the best place to find me. Yeah. Very simply put. 
Um, GriffinRealtyGroup.net. You'll find it all, all about the real estate business there where we buy and sell, pro help people buy and sell properties in Massachusetts. Um, TheRealtyClassroom.com, the best resource for uh, real estate agents that I can offer. And ultimately, MagneticMindSystem.com. Lots of good, just free content there uh, that I uh, throw my passion up on. And uh, we've had a hiatus and a redo there since the TV show, but lots of content there, um, many years worth. Spectacular. All right, Danny, as you know, I, I, I love to end my podcast with what I consider to be a really important and also a very telling question. So if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly to help them live a better, more balanced, more fulfilled life, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, you bet. Um, be honest with yourself about what you really, really want. I believe as a father of five kids, and I've been teaching my kids this from day one, I ask them one question over and over and over. If you could do one thing the rest of your life, what would it be? Because you were born to do that thing. And the sooner you find it, the better off you'll be. When you allow yourself, in spite of what the world says, to become that thing, be very clear about how you become that thing through a plan that you develop. Uh, so know exactly who you are and what you want and get a clear plan that's adjustable along the way like that guided missile so that you can get it. Until you live that life, you'll never know true fulfillment. Fabulous. Very, very powerful words there. Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. You know, I know how busy your schedule is, and it really it really means the world to me that you take some of your time and share some of your wisdom and experience with us. Oh, buddy, you, we go way back. We're family. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, folks, that is all the time I've got for today. Thanks so much for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more information about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen, people. Go get them. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com. 